Hello there, friends, and welcome to Drinking During Business Hours, the show where we talk about creatives and their journey, what makes them laugh, what makes them cry, and what may lead them to drink during business hours. I'm Sarah J, and today I have such an exciting guest. My very good friend is stopped by musician-songwriter Pete Molinari. Hi, Pete. Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm excellent now that you're here. <laughs> I'm so, so happy you can make it. I'm so happy to have you on the show. You are um, you really embody everything that I want this show to be, which is just all right. really cool, flamboyant, <laughs> ostentatious, with Fabulous. style, originality, you got me all and creativity. <laughs> that's you. That's, that's Pete Molinari. You got it. It's and man, true. I love, love, love how we met. Yeah. It's kind of a badass story. It pretty much is. You tell it. Right, you well, tell it better than you, I tell and you, it. And you pitch in if you I'll pitch remember in. anything. I'll pitch in a word or two. Uh, but I, uh, we met at, we met in the green room, at the Hollywood Vampires concert. We did in that in that kind of thing, monstrosity of a <laughs> festival called Nam, which I avoid quite often because it's all about guitars and I can't bear that. Well, I can I love guitars, but I can't bear the yeah, whole. But you know. I, see, I didn't know. I, I had no idea what it was. I had no idea yeah. what was, I was getting myself into. My friend, um, Cos Candler, uh, who used to play with the Romantics, yeah. was opening for the Hollywood Vampires and said, and was really vague about my invitation. Didn't give me any details at all. He's like, hey, Sarah, I'm playing at a high school. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, that's where it was. That's right. I didn't know that until I got and there either. He's like, he's like, I'm in town from Miami and I'm playing at a high school and I have, <laughs> I have a ticket for you. And I'm thinking, man, here's this guitar legend playing for a high school. I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't like not show up and support my buddy and let this him play true. Like in front. Of, you know, you got to be there. So I'm driving in the. I really didn't feel like going, but mm-hmm. but I adore Cause. I really want to see him. And so I'm driving through in the rain, and uh, and I get to the high school, and there's no. You can't find a parking spot. Yeah. It's And I, I mean, not only was the parking lot filled, but like uh, every, it was like filled for miles. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, something, something's going on here. Yeah. And I get to the security and they lead me to a long corridor into, and then the twilight zone begins. Yeah. They open this door and it's this small room with low ceilings and it's cause it's Alice Cooper. Yeah. It's Johnny Depp. Yeah. It's Joe Perry. Yeah. And it's, and it's Pete Molinari. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm missing some people. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, well, um, Stone you, Temple Pilots. Yeah. Or, or what, what is that gentleman's name? Um, uh, uh, anyway, it's just yeah. like... I think the people you're missing are, are, may, are probably the core really good musicians uh, behind. <laughs> Leave it to me. The like, uh, yeah. Girl. I mean, the vampires are kind of funny, aren't they? In a way, they're all really cool, but they're, they're all such kind of well-known characters. But then there's – the reason I was there is because I was at that point recording with this guy called Bruce Whitkin. Yes, Bruce. And Joe, yes. Joey Malone. That play, and Joey Malone. That's yes, right. yes, yes, yes. They, right. the they play with The coolest cats. And uh, they played on some tracks of mine. And at that point, uh, a few months back, I was record. I was in the studio with them. So they took me down there. They're really good musicians. And they've known, they known Johnny Depp since they were like eighteen, I believe. Okay. They're from you know, they all came over from Miami together. I think you know, he, Johnny Depp was wanting to be a musician at that point. He wants yeah, to yeah. be a musician now, by the sounds of things, too. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. But, um, I, um, and I, I'll never forget you in that room. You know. 
I, I didn't know who you were, but I knew that there was, you, you had a story and I even remember your body language. You were just kind of like very coolly leaned up against the wall. With oh, your, really? Your, you know, legs were crossed <laughs> and you were just so, you know, uh, present. I and, never realized that I had that all down. So exuded a complexity and you were, but you were content. And, <laughs> and, and so you just struck up a conversation with me. And yeah, that's true. You seem you, you like just, the yeah. You seem like someone that I could talk to out of that whole bunch. I was kind of uh, maybe maybe I might come across as uh, as being a little confident, but believe me, it's it's a mask mm. <laughs> you wear you when know you're that mask really well. Yeah. Um, I'm actually introverted and that this is all fake <laughs> <laughs> underneath it. I was probably, I was probably really acting unbelievably cool, but underneath it, I was like, I'm certainly the European in this room, you know, I mean, it yeah. was the thing, you know, I'm around you a bunch definitely of, you had a different kind of je ne sais quoi, yeah. uh, compared to everybody else well, in the room you. and, and, uh, and we became fast friends and, yeah. and then I got to know your story and then I explored your music and now I'm addicted to your music, man. It's so good. Oh, thank you very it's much. It's really, really well, great. That's great to hear. I'm glad you like it. Uh, so let's see. Uh, so you, you're from, uh, you're from Chatham, correct? I was born in Chatham, a place okay. in a uh, place not far, too far from London. Quite often when mm-hmm. people ask me where I'm from over here, just to cut to the chase, I say London, you know, cause oh, it's, do you? just yeah. because I'm like a stone's throw from like less than an hour, you know, and it's okay. like, if you explain the whole Chatham thing. So I'm from a little place called Chatham, um, and then I lived later on in a place called Rochester, which people are a little bit more familiar with. It's just mm. like a, it's just like sure. t- twenty minutes from Chatham and a little closer to London. Okay. Um, um, Rochester's uh, more well known because one, it's prettier than Chatham. It has a castle and cathedral and such. It's a beautiful historic place. And and Charles Dickens lived there and was kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, He's really associated with the place. That place in Broadstairs, which is on the coast, um, I think he was born in London. And then by the time he was like four or five, he had moved to Chatham for a bit and then Rochester. And if you go to Rochester now, it's all Dickens associated. There's all of these so shops cool. named after him. There's oh. a Dickens Festival and such and such. Oh, you know? God. Beautiful. That has to be amazing. Chatham's a bit rougher. It's a bit more like Liverpool, really. It always remind whenever I went up to Liverpool and saw where the Beatles and all those guys were from, and the mm. docks and the the old, you know, clock and tower and city hall and everything. Chatham's a bit rougher around the edges. Cool, still a lot of history, but a bit, a bit, you know, a bit rugged. Okay, a bit scarier than oh, Rochester. Oh yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> well, sounds cool. So. Um, yeah. you come you come from a big family, a large family, no? Yeah, quite I do. A, quite a few brothers and sisters. Yeah, it's weird because I, I I grew up, you know, born in that part of the country in England, and um, and you know went to you know, British uh, Roman Catholic school, that kind of stuff. So all of my friends are English, and then within my household, it was a completely different environment because my dad's from Alexandria in Egypt. Oh uh, wow. Um, that's right, yes. And my mum's from Quite. Malta, so and I had five brothers and sisters, so it was kind of like oh a... Oh, my goodness, what a know. combo. Yeah, crazy. Crazy upbringing. Really cool, though. I mean, they're, they're a beautiful bunch, really. Mm-hmm. I don't get to see as much of them as I'd like, but they're... I learned I so, a, such a great deal from my family, you know. And and are they all creatives, or did you have some um, other I, artists in your not, sibling? Not, not really, like, they don't do it. They don't do anything within the arts, but I, I certainly... I wonder sometimes, you know, whether I would have taken the road that I had done had I not 
who knows? We could have all been born in some other family, but I just kind right. of. Growing up in that family was a big, um, a big lesson to me in a way. My, my dad, you know, I mean, he's it comes from an Italian Maltese background mm. as well, and the first things I heard were like Maria Callas and opera and all this stuff, you know, and yeah. him talking about old films and Charlie Chaplin and this mm-hmm. and that and Laurence Olivier and you know, it all made quite had quite an impact on me. Yes, you know? yes. Um, and then Put my older, the yeah, my older brothers and uncles, I think. You know, them having a big record collection and having... They had instruments, you know, they had a guitar around and stuff. So I ended mm-hmm. up... I was just ended up being the one that ended up playing it, you know. But, um, but yeah. yeah, it was really... Um, I'm glad. Some of my loves now, when I think I listen to people like Edith Piaf and Maria Carlos and all these kind of things that, you know, I kind of didn't want to listen to when I was at school because my dad was reluctantly ramming it down my throat, you know. It's kind of like mm. now, now, I, now I've kind of started to appreciate a lot of it i had a dad like that as well <laughs> and, and it's really funny and everyone said you're gonna appreciate this one day and I, i'd pout in my room no i'm not i hate it <laughs> i know i mean i did i no, did i'm so grateful i love the whole charlie chaplin thing that thing mm-hmm. stuck that's the only thing that stuck with me all the way because i loved it he he always watched these things, and in England we had these channels that they showed them on. Even cinemas, we would go to a Saturday morning cinema, and they would show Charlie Chaplin and Lauren Hardy and Buster Keaton and these things. Oh, so cool. um, but he, um, that was the one thing I loved. The the other things, like it took you know, you want to be cool when you're at school. You want to yeah, talk yeah. about such and such. Yeah, you know. So I still want to be cool. Yeah, you still, so, you are cool. I'm just I'm just studying. It too much. <laughs> I'm just so. I still remember my dad saying to me, "You one day you'll you'll realize how good a singer Frank Sinatra." I still remember him saying that. You know, how good, mm. what a great singer Frank Sinatra is. And for me, you know, at school, you just want to you want to like Little Richard, and you, you want to yeah. like the rock and rollers, yeah. you know. And uh, but now I definitely realize how good Frank Sinatra was, and I still thanks to my father. So it's and great. and you still uh, can appreciate Little Richard, I'm sure. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just kind of got a bit wider with my. I don't, I don't, you know, I tend to be the chap who doesn't listen to a lot that's going on, you know, so, unless someone really hands something to me in my hand now and says, listen to these guys or I end up supporting a band on tour or whatever. Contemporary music passes me by it a lot just because I'm really influenced by the past. Do you ever find that yourself? Oh, yes. Um, I'm, I'm very influenced by nostalgia in general. Um, Me and too. I, I'm also just really uh, deeply impacted with the stories of the artists, the bios. Yeah. And Me too. and once, I mean, I am just uh, obsessed with yeah. Chopin. Oh god. And yeah. it's mainly because of his life. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with Johannes Brahms. And again, I mean, he had a very fascinating, juicy yeah. life as well. And um, yeah, I've written plays, and I've I've been in plays, and I've you know, I know about, about those this. artists. She told me that, these. Yeah, things. I'm, I'm I'm really into it. And I get a bit obsessed by certain people, and and, mm-hmm. and stick on. Um, you know, I could I'll listen to something, or I'll see a film, or I'll um, go and see a play, and then all of a sudden, I want to find out so much more about you know these. Like the, the the American play, I love theater like you. You, you do, know. yes. And the American playwrights, for me, I didn't growing up in England. You know, you go and see Shakespeare, and you go and see Oscar Wilde, and I still love all of that. But the American playwrights, for me, I didn't see a great deal of for a long time. And now, now, you know, I seem to be obsessed. Yeah, <laughs> I saw we have like some good ones. Long Day's Journey into Night not so long ago, oh, and I was in New York, and then um, 
Tennessee Williams stuff, which I discovered. I, he was one that I did um, find out a little bit about in England because of the whole Marlon Brando playing, you know, in the yeah, films. Stella. But yeah, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't avoid that role. Uh, so he was the first. But then lately, I think in the past couple of years, I've been to see a lot of Arthur Miller plays, and I and I, oh, I relate to him as a playwright cool. most. Because I love the Greeks, and oh, he's a okay. little bit like okay. he's a little bit like one of those Greek tragic writers, you know, which I love. Uh, and talk about a juicy story. He's that great. He has I goodness in his def- life was yeah. Yeah, oh god beyond fascinating. I, what I think Tennessee Williams is probably my favorite playwright, only because he has written, in my opinion, the best roles for women. Yeah, and uh, just really very very interesting, complex. He understands women very dimension. well, doesn't he? He really, really did. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I, it's, it's a treat. And I like to just go back to his works sometimes. And, yeah. And it, it blows my mind because I feel that we, when we had to study these playwrights, we were really way too young to understand the enormity. Yeah. Um, then. And so when, like, rereading, it's like, I get things I didn't get then, you know? And yeah. Well, he's a flamboyant experience. Yeah. You know? And he's a flamboyant character. He's yes, a li- he has a little yes. bit of that Oscar Wilde thing going yeah. on, Tennessee Williams, I think. But, you know, because he's in a different time mm-hmm. and a different part of the world and, you know, experience New Orleans and all this kind of stuff. Um, but he, yeah, I find that he seems to have a great deal of respect for women and he's always talking about Anna Magnani and all of these, you know, everything Legends. I read about, usually with him, he's talking about women. Right. Which is a fabulous thing it, in no, itself. It's, it, yeah, yeah he's, he's exciting. Arthur Miller, so, I find this incredible intellect, though, with when I oh, yeah. read about him because, yeah. one, I love the Greeks. I, I, I grew up loving Greek uh, tragedy and those... Mm-hmm plays and all the literature and the art I love and uh, my new record which I'll talk a little bit about wait. later I can't wait it's got a Greek reference in oh, it oh so. good good that- um but Arthur Miller, yeah, I, in the past couple of years, I really started to because everyone knew he was married to Marilyn Monroe, right? right? So, we all know, yeah. His so. uh, unfortunately, he's probably more famous for yeah for his yeah bride than that, yeah that than can, his that actual can, works that can happen. But he's um happen. he's I mean, Death of a Salesman is such an amazing yes. maybe maybe one of the maybe arguably maybe the, best one of the best play, yeah you know. agreed yeah really yeah, exciting good. and so when how did you decide to uh, to become a musician? Musician and and that this was, you know, I, I I knew I would do something. I knew when I was sitting in school, in England, looking out of the window, you know, not paying a great deal of attention to the teacher, you know, and <laughs> I paid attention to what I wanted to pay attention to. I was yeah, just a hard-headed what you're kid. Passionate about exactly. You know, I if that if I was in the English class or whatever, and and we were talking about literature, or I was in the art class, then I, you know, the teacher might have had some part of my attention but I didn't I wasn't very academic I couldn't really absorb a lot of what anyone was telling me I always read though which was a good thing and I always listened to music and I loved going to see any play I could so I don't um I don't know I I didn't know it would be music if anything I thought I would I, I remember I remember one school teacher the English one school teacher probably the only school teacher that I got on with and didn't it didn't, you know, get me into trouble for anything. Was the English teacher um, a chap called Nigel Grant, and he, hmm. he, uh, he used to read my short stories at the time because I used to write a lot. And he used to say, you know, you, you're going to be a, a writer of some sort. Oh. I still remember that. He used to say your your spelling and punctuation is terrible. Okay. <laughs> still is in a way. 
but it's um, spell check. <laughs> yeah, but your imagination is is uh, is really good. So and that's all that matters. Yeah. So maybe I thought at that point I would. Who knows? I thought definitely at school I would do something with drawing or painting or writing in some way. And then I think once I discovered music, like anyone does, it's such a seductive, powerful thing for it you. Is. That, um, it is. To certain people, to yeah. certain, you know, some some people are less moved. Yeah, I never really understood. I think it's yeah. just a, a certain certain tribe. Yeah, it's true. So and then and then I think music just kind of like um, I don't know. I was I went to art school. Like was oh, you the, did, which was the only thing for me to do when I left school. Otherwise, who knows what would have happened? But I um, I went to art school for a while, which was I guess gave me a little bit of purpose and direction until I realized that you know I didn't want to do anything in the arts too much in those in that kind of area fine art and such I love it you know I love painting but um but in terms of vocation you were more yeah, drawn I just, towards I don't know I think for someone like me who's who uh, you know I I um I don't have a business head at all I have a spirit of an artist you know uh-huh. I just kind of want to do that and I'm oh, hard-headed you are and, an artist absolutely uh, it's very clear thank yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> but I I just kind of um I just um thought I would go about it my own way and while I was at art school I just went off to wherever I could and played in cafes I saw all of my friends at the time were in bands and they were doing pretty good actually i remember one band like you know getting this record deal and i was like how do you do that you know (laughs) trying to find out about it but then it didn't appeal the whole thing didn't appeal to me you know the whole kind of going to london doing these showcases you know making a recording knocking on record companies doors i thought you know i'm just gonna at the time i was reading and listening to edith piaf and listening to french music and this that and the other and billy holiday and i got i got this whole cafe society mindset and i just thought i'm just gonna go and play in cafes wherever i love I it i love it and, and be discovered <laughs> and, and and you you were i yeah. talk a little bit about that journey you, you met a particular poet yeah I met I, I met this guy. I met a bunch of people actually at that point because mm-hmm. I was I decided I fell behind in art school and then I went off to I went off to uh, mainly France because London doesn't really have that cafe thing. Mm. As, for all the great things London has, it doesn't have these places you can play at one a.m. Uh, you know, okay. cafe cafes in London are for having a cup of coffee in during the day, and that's pretty much it. But um, I, w- I started to go to Paris and then I went to New York and fell in love with New York and and um, just played in every cafe I could. It's a different vibe altogether than mm-hmm. London in a way. They have sim- similarities, but n- n- with the whole cafe thing, you know, New York has that, that similarity to Paris in a way. A different thing altogether, but it was really cool. And, I, and I'd, once I'd started to go to New York, I kind of you know, really wanted to be there all the time. And I ended up kind of for, uh, dropping out of art school and just going and staying in New York and playing everywhere I could and played in the park all day and just, I think I did. How lovely. I think I did my, what you know, I learned a craft, I think, from being there for the 18-month period or whatever was me mm-hmm. just pretty mm-hmm. much playing all the time and learning from people. That will get it done, Yeah. And then the chap you're talking about, I think, is a guy that I knew bef- long before then, though, when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, you were young when that happened. Yeah. I and mean, he was Billy, Billy Childish, you mean? Yes. So he's, in, he's from my hometown. Billy Childish. Yeah. 
He's kind of like well a known, very, very avant garde, really yeah. ahead of his time. Yeah, I mean, he might laugh at the whole avant garde thing, but he is the, he is avant garde in his whole mm-hmm. self. You know, I mean, not, not, that's my I impression. Yeah, I don't think anything that Billy actually creates is bigger than you know. He 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 paints, he writes, he he writes music. He's always doing something and um, creative, and you know, but nothing seems to be a bigger creation than himself and his his own energy. So mm. he, I knew him since he's from Chatham as well. So I, he's from Chatham. That's how you knew each other. And yeah, there was quite a big age gap, but he kind of yeah. uh, you created a very cool album together. No, yeah, he he. Um, I mean, he was in bands in the seventies before I was, you know, born. You know, he was in punk rock groups, and then also at that time i believe that he was started to write a bunch of poetry and put it out himself and um you know i can't tell the billy childish story perfectly but i mean he's someone that people should find whoever doesn't know about him should find out about him he's he's the agreed archetypal kind of underground do-it-yourself artist that everyone's trying to do today and he was doing 30 and, years right, ago right without you even know. trying yeah. you know just and he, was innate yeah, and I think that's why he's he has so much respect from these people like Jack White and Dan Auerbach and Beck and yes, you know even Kurt Cobain I think him. loved him. Yes, and, yeah. Um, but I happen to be born in the same t- town as him and just saw him walking around as a kid when I was at school, and <laughs> you know used to annoy him by knocking on his door and wanting to have a chat with him and have a cup of tea and. You that's know, he was a really good friend and such. You know, I don't know. He, I. He, he was definitely a – I learnt a great deal from him. You know, I'm not saying we have the same tastes in in our, you know, likes and such. I mean, I like a, probably a lot of different art and uh, literature than he does in many ways. But how to do things, I don't know. Some of the things he said always – do you understand that from a childhood? Some people say things that just embed oh, in your I'm brain. who you I know? am because yeah. of what my you know past mentors and idols yeah. have said. Yeah. I mean, it, it created it, – it formed, formulated who I am today in my, yeah. you know, in, in my own art. Exactly. And – oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, Billy, I think at that point I was starting to find – you know, I was realized I was fascinated with – certain artists and Van Gogh and the Renaissance because of my dad and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. meeting an artist, I thought that that's how it felt to me. I was like, wow, yeah. the artists aren't all in the past. Here's a chap in my own hometown that's really a passionate guy. Right you know? here. Yes, that was, was just like, meant to be. I think that was part of your fate. That I know. Was just meant to be <laughs> part of your path. It's true, yeah. It's very true. And then, and then after that New York trip, uh, later on, as I say, I knew him for some time. And he was, you know, always doing this stuff. Not a famous guy or anything. Very mm-hmm. underground. Very liked by a lot of famous people. Yes. And just went about his work. And then somehow after that New York trip, I'd come back and met up with him or gone around to see him. And I played. I remember. Here's the thing. I'll tell you shortly, briefly. I was in a group a couple of times. I joined a couple of things when I was at art school. And he was always like. He was ruthless and brutal with his opinions, you know. He would not even care. So he would say things like, that <laughs> band you're in is just terrible, you know. So I he Sounds I, like a comic. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, that band you're in is terrible. that every night. <laughs> so here's the thing. Later on, later on, when I came back from New York and I'd learned a great deal from these artists in Greenwich Village and all this stuff, and I started to just play on my own in these cafes, 
I, when I re-established my connection with him, I remember sitting in his house while he was he's, – he's, when you're in his house, he's always either painting or doing something. Oh, really? creative, something. Always talking to oh, you. Oh, I love it. You know, he's just got this energy. So I remember – I haven't shared this story much with anyone. So I, um, I was playing a song on my own. He just ha- handed me a guitar and I played a song. And he was – I remember his reaction was one of like – you know, he, he was a bit stunned by it me just singing like that with a guitar. And he was like, that's really good. You don't need any of those bands. You should just play like that. And I thought, well, wow. if he was honest enough to tell me that all of my band, uh, any right. band I was in was bad, right. he's being really yeah, honest now. Yeah, yes, he doesn't know how to yeah. not be brutal. So he honest, took me right? out. He took me out on the road and anywhere he played for a while and I just kind of supported him. And the record label he was with ended up doing this record and I, I said, well, it's it's only right that he should, you know, he used to make these records on a little tape machine and they sounded like 1930s or 40s Alan Lomax Which records. Which is cool. We, we did that for the first record. Yeah. It was really yeah, amazing. Yeah. I love yeah, that he's, sound. He's great, you know. And uh, so from there, um, uh, you know, it's funny because the way you describe them would really be a lot of how I would describe you. I mean, you know, we, we haven't known each other for very yeah. long, but you you also have that, that you know, you're, yeah. you're mysterious and but yet you know you're uh you don't candy coat anything and you have such style and you're always creating and you're liked by a lot of famous people i, I did know, a little yeah. bit of homework on you <laughs> there's like famous people like you know ed norton and I bruce springsteen you, and yeah you know, i think it, i think if you up. do these things for some reason i don't know i you know it would be nice it would be really nice to have uh you know, as many of the public yeah, <laughs> buy my records, yeah. you know, but I guess that happens with, you know, if you end up on the right record label, you end up with the right journalist writing about you or the right TV show. Who knows? I don't know how all of those things happen. It's just a stroke of luck. But with, with these people gravitating towards me and liking me, you know, I guess that's an honest thing. It's quite nice when you when oh, someone when it's says... it's so organic like yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's and, a crazy and, and thing. And these are cool people. <laughs> yeah, so you know you're doing <laughs> something like right. <laughs> ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, mean, I mean, I get a bit shy by it all, and it, it's kind of. I like, know you're humble. I hope you don't mind me bringing it no, up. It's but not, I it's think not, it's kind of cool. It's it's humbling in a way because mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're like one one part of your brain is like, oh, how does someone like that who's you know selling at stadiums or someone like that who's in films. You know, how do they? How it's it, it kind of weirds you out a little bit because you're like, how do how do they even find out about you? But some of these people go to record stores and they, you know, right. they just I don't know, I don't well, know how it is, but they're all all really nice when I've met them. And I mean, you, I've, I think, I think the best kind of PR is when you don't have to try. I mean, yeah. that's really a testament to your to your music and your talent. Yeah, and if it's just going to kind of organically reach the right people. That, then well, that's really special, especially today with yeah. social media and all this fake following bullshit. I'm I mean, not it's good just, at all of that. That's the oh, thing. Thank God. <laughs> oh man, it's. I mean, it's I really try just, every it's, now and it's, again. It's rather it's be, it's really beginning to get repugnant. Yeah, on I, many levels with this following shit. You know. Yeah, I guess that's what I like about and, people like Billy and and a few others, Lewis Stetner and some real artists that I've. You know, I think you're you're lucky. You you meet I meet I've met a lot of really talented people you know and talent's one thing you know because that that can be that can be really impressive and it can be inspiring in a way 
Um, but I still don't think I still don't think you know this, when you talk about this kind of wild beast in a way, which is the spirit of an artist. I don't I don't think I've actually met a great deal of those completely one hundred percent pure like mm. you know those eccentric like Billy and like Louis Stetner those kind yes. of guys that are like um, which I belong in the same room as and that's why I kind of gravitated gravitated towards them I guess or they did me in some way but I just you know I don't I don't um I, I worked out from the beginning that I was gonna if I was gonna do something in music I would probably have to have a manager and I would probably have to have an agent I would have sure. to have that old school thing because I can't do all of that right. I just no. want to well, you create. don't want to do it absolutely no. yeah that's that's, right. that's the ugly part yeah, you I know? mean, some and people are good at it. Some I'm people just are not. really good, and they were born to do it, and <laughs> yeah. it's, they they're gifted in that part of the brain. Uh, you toured with some pretty, so you go on tour with some pretty big people as well. From what I, I from have, what I read, I have done a bunch of. I haven't, you know, I still do kind of, I still do smaller dates myself sometimes. I saw um, that. I, um, I tend to with the live thing. I kind of like, I tend to like it somewhat but then i i i love the studio more for you love reason. to just be solo and if i could if own. i could just be in the studio all the time writing songs create recording all the time i would love that i love writing i love writing mm-hmm. books and plays and whatever else i do that i haven't produced yet but i'd love to go into that world but i love i love writing songs i love recording them the live thing i kind of have a love hate relationship with cuz i don't think i you know i don't think I like I like a percentage of the shows that I do. I love cafes and I love theaters. Mm-hmm. I love Again, that love I that. should be in another time. I I don't I don't tend to like where live music has gone that much. I don't like festivals too much, you know, just mm-hmm. because I find that the they're not very focused on how you sound and they're more focused on just people having a holiday weekend, you know. And it's kind of, yeah. you know, I I can enjoy them, but I don't I don't tend to think you know i don't walk away from these festivals and think wow i've just done a great gig it just never feels that way Mm. so for me i like the i like the enclosed space and being on a stage in a theater or or a small cafe even in front of a very small crowd um i think i'm just best that way in a a, on a theater stage i'm not very good on these kind of big festival things i've played in Do you think you would be good playing here? Would that feel good? Here would be all right. Yeah, I might yeah. be nervous in front of two people, <laughs> but uh, you know, the smaller Do we the have, is this, the is crowd, this the, the cafe vibe. This could we be the, the Parisian. Uh, it's not very Parisian in here. This could be the cafe it's vibe. Like a, if you've got food out and I, uh, do. I have a little champagne because I know you like champagne. <laughs> And that was, you know, a kind of cool commonality that it's we true. discovered. And Indeed. But, but you know a lot about champagne. Not was, like you, though. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You, you know, you've kind of knew this. Because, again, going back to that, uh, being fascinated with the stories and the bios, and that's kind of yeah. how I became um, a champagne enthusiast to begin with. I just was really kind of entranced with um, the background of how it was incepted and yeah. you know Dom Perignon the monk yeah. and Madame Clicquot the lascivious whore so would you maybe want to play a little tune for I'll us play, now before we continue or sure. wait, I, I'm just so this is a song I recorded in a studio called Torag in London an all analogue studio and it's called One Stolen Moment Two 
Too many mornings Been lost there somehow We are head on my shoulder Wipe sweat from my brow And it feels like I'm falling Somewhere a voice calling That all things start Ain't new For you Now you've got a blue notion That it's all bittersweet But one stolen moment Could make it complete But I'm getting weary So say to me clearly That baby it ain't true For you, for you, for you. I remember what you said. Love can be denied, and that nothing. Is secret, but for what is inside. Now my mind starts to wonder. For your love, I will hunger till I can make it through for you. That an instrumental so part <laughs> fantastic oh what a treat you just sound absolutely divine wow just divine i love that word divine uh, <laughs> epitome of divinity my friend honestly i mean the originality that exudes out of your voice your vocals are so unlike anyone and I, I mean, I, I've never heard, I have a lot of musician friends. A lot of them are very, very good, but you can't really differentiate sometimes one from, you know, in yeah. terms of sound. I mean, they're very good not to take away, but, but yeah. you're, no one would ever confuse your voice with somebody else <laughs> ever. Thank you. It was and your funny. style. It was funny mentioning Billy, cause that reminds me actually of, uh, even though I've recorded and done so much since then, I still remember some of those early shows and. You know, he used to actually ask me to be a bit quieter. He used to be like, what have you got in your... <laughs> like, you're <laughs> really? so loud for a little guy. <laughs> you do project, yes. Um, so, really yeah, well. quite often. And I did a show not so long ago at this place called the Culver Hotel. You know, that place in, in Culver City? Oh, fantastic venue. It's a beautiful hotel. It's, it's gorgeous. It's historical. Yeah, 
Really lovely. Charlie Chaplin once owned it, apparently. And I think it's haunted or something. Yeah. But they all say that for marketing. They say that about everything. They do. Comedy store is haunted. (laughs) I think when they filmed Gone with the Wind and when they filmed um, Wizard of Oz, is it? They all stayed there in that place. Oh, okay. That's what I've heard anyway. Anyway, you hear a bunch of stories. Apparently Charlie Chaplin lost it, the hotel, to John Wayne in a a – Poker handles, I don't know. It's like a oh, bunch bunch cool. of myths. But oh, I did a show there recently and they were kind of like they kept the guy kept coming up and he really liked it. It was during the day. It's a it's a it's a beautiful place, but obviously the 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 hotel guests are important. So so I'm playing and he goes he he, he kept coming up and he goes, It's great, you sound great, but I'm just gonna put it down a bit. So he put <laughs> he puts it down a bit and then he goes back up to the bar and I, I'm singing another song. So he comes up, he goes it's really great, but I'm just going to just, – just a little bit. So he puts it down at the volume. He does this five times until he just takes the mic away from me. Yeah, you know. <laughs> He's like, just hey, sing. It's not needed. Yeah, so Absolutely. What if – um, did you take vocal lessons when you were younger? I or did. I didn't. Is that just natural? I guess, I guess that kind of part to me where I was like, you know, the – art student kid that thought it was uncool I didn't I didn't really I didn't one I came from a big family where you know if I went to my parents and said I want guitar or piano lessons they would have like laughed <laughs> because you know when you come from a big family they can't afford all of that yeah, stuff so it's a lot of kids. I didn't get guitar lessons I didn't get piano lessons I didn't get vocal lessons and I, part of me is glad for it because you know mm-hmm. you, you you use your imagination you a lot really more turn on your brain and yeah. you have to work harder uh-huh and I and I've I've done all right with all of that but lately I've started to think I wish I knew a bit more about theory being amongst I recorded some songs with Mitchell Froome you know mm-hmm. who's a great when, when we get around to it I'll tell you a little bit more about the present you know what I've been doing but he was one of the really amazing producers I worked with recently in the past year. And um, when you see someone like that, you know, the way he plays piano and the way he writes a score and the way he arranges a song, you start to, you know, start to, I started to just think, well, I want to do that. I yeah. can, I can, well, I can hey, write songs, you know, but it's like, yeah, right. You're really young. So, you know, there's, there's time for that, but look you, at what you've accomplished with yeah, you can write just a bunch. having to work a little, you know, harder and, yeah. and get around that. It and, makes you work harder for sure when you don't know the kind of theory and technicalities to these things. And, you know, I don't, I don't believe even Lennon and McCartney ever read music, which is amazing mm. what they did, um, ever read music or wrote it. I guess they were around George Martin though, so they were around a guy mm-hmm. that did and could. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, part of me lately in the past year, I think I've started to think. Well, I, I wouldn't mind a few. I don't know if I'd really care about vocal lessons, but I'd like to. I'd like to kind of learn how to write notes on a page, just because it interests me. Now it yeah, didn't before. Yeah, uh, and imagine you know it may open doors. I always found uh, that I'm, I'm a classically trained pianist. I started yeah. at a very young age. And reading music is actually a crutch for me, and I have a very difficult time improvising. I I get very envious of people who don't read music. I I just have a I have these insecurity issues. If if the music isn't in front of me, I just kind of freeze. 
So yeah. it's, you know, so I, it can kind of go both ways. And in terms of jazz, I just don't, I just don't got the beat, man. I'm just like, cause they're all improvisers. I'm always, yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't, I tried to be in a jazz band when I was in high school really? and it was a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Cause I guess improvisation is such a big thing in jazz, right? It's everything. It's yeah. everything. And I was always either a, a millisecond beat ahead or a millisecond yeah. beat behind. And I just wasn't. I just didn't have it, you know, but uh, yeah, playing, you know, Chopin and Brahms and, yeah. you know, um, Mozart and Bach, you know, that's all good. What brought you to Los Angeles? Um, the was... the last record did, actually. Okay. I'd been a bunch of times before. I'd been to, um, I, I, my love for America was more so in New York initially, although probably the writings I read were more in the South, you know, all those kind of writers uh stein where, where would steinbeck be from steinbeck i'm testing your um american oh, you know, history um, right I'm now i'm definitely the south um yeah. but i'm not really sure what particular area do you know jason central valley oh okay really yeah i um, love i love it the smart guy now all right yeah, central oh, okay okay all right I'm great way off then Passable good Lake. Yeah, ah, he's he's one of the yeah, writers I loved as a kid. Yes, and um, me too. Whitman is a New Yorker, right from Long Island, I think. He he was one of the first American because I have some family, a Maltese family in San Francisco, and when they used yeah. to come over, I used to get the odd book, mm-hmm. you know, leaves of grass and all this stuff, and yeah, just was the best. discover all these American uh, writers. So I I would come out. New York was first, I think, and then I had started to come to California. And play mm-hmm. dates. I never thought I would. LA seemed to be a place that I thought, you know, it was great for a couple of weeks or something. I love being here playing and going to the ocean and stuff, but I never thought I would really get to like it in the same way I did in New York and Chicago and those places. Um, and then, and then I was, I came over for this last record I did called Theosophy, and I, you know, started to work with an American label and tour over here done some dates Open with the Black doors. Keys and other peop- other groups. Yeah, there's a very – I'm a big fan of the Black Keys. You like them? I was impressed, yes. I'd done um, dates with them early on as well before they'd kind of started to play big places and we were good friends. Yeah. Good friends with Dan, you know, he's okay. a really nice chap. I can see where that would be like a really nice marriage on stage, you know, like you guys would yeah, we, I amalgamate never really, pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just started kind of like playing dates together for some mm-hmm. reason. I, I mainly – I think it was there's this British magazine called Mojo Magazine. Yes. And they did these events, and I mm-hmm. kind of it was I can't remember it was I can't remember which record it was on, but he um, he just reached out to us, Dan Auerbach, and he was so you know, cool. a really nice chap, and mm-hmm. we we played a bunch together, and then even as they started to to have that, I can't remember which record it was that they kind of started to play a lot bigger places. I started to play with them. I, I continued to play with them then, but. Um, but on the last record, I came over and played some dates with them and a few other people, and then my own dates, and then I just stayed. <laughs> I stayed in New York, though. I was keen to tell you were there for the, a while, yeah. the record label. I was like, look, I'll be in America if you want me in America. Because they wanted me in America to, you know, I didn't. The last record was the first record I didn't concentrate that much on Europe. I played a play, I went round once, and this, usually you'd go around three times, you know. Just this past record? Yeah, and, the, the the other records were distributed here and I uh-huh. would just come over and play, you know, some dates in New York, some dates in LA, maybe a few other places, Seattle, Nashville and Austin, you know, and then, but on the last record, it was like, 
it was just continuous touring for the okay. f- whole year. But you that's know. kind of what you have to do, no? Yeah. Is that and I mean it did very well. You yeah, have- you have to really kind of like you you know America's just it's big, you know it's not England. It's like in you know, England if you're on a, even a little independent label and you do a bunch on a on the BBC and stuff, you can make quite a splash, you know. But in mm. America. You know, you could be really well known in New York, and the rest of the country doesn't know you. You could have quite a following in Nashville, and no one knows you. So you have to really, you have to really put in the work and play whatever shows you can get with whoever you can get them with. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like so. That's what I did on the last thing, and I'm hoping to do that on the next thing, which will be cool. I'll talk a bit more about that, but um, but uh, I I came over and I just stayed in New York and. And then I started to work on a new record, you know, and I d- decided that I was going to do that he- either in New York or L.A. And Mitchell happened to be in L.A. And I'd gone in to see a guy called Lenny Warnico, who was at, the, who was at Warner Brothers for a long time, a really a really uh, great guy. You know, if you look into him, he's produced the Everly Brothers and okay. Ricky Lee Jones. And, you know, okay. he's one of the legendary chaps at Warner Brothers. He, he hates uh-huh. that word legendary. He's such a humble chap. You know, he's a really shy guy, but he's he's been in the studio with amazing people and nice. and pretty much run that label for a long time. And he's still mm. there in some capacity. And he came in the studio with me and Mitchell, so I, I thought that was a great thing to start if, working yeah, on. Yeah, fantastic. You know? and, um, and you're working on an album now? Yeah, I started, I started with Mitchell early on because Lenny helped us... Uh, Helped us with some finances from Warner at the time. Actually, uh, were really interested in just seeing. They'd done this development thing, which they don't usually do anymore. Labels don't really do that. Mm. So they helped me get in the studio with Mitchell and create some songs. And Mitchell was just great. He spent a lot of time with me, just working on arranging stuff. And then that went from me working. It's the first time with a with a record where I've worked with different producers. Oh, okay. So that's often I've just worked with other people, but on this occasion I did a little. I did a bunch, a lot with Mitchell and Lenny, and then I uh, ran into a chap that um, I had a phone conversation with in London on the last record. That there was this film of Johnny Depp's called The Lone Ranger. Yes. With Gore Verbinski. Yes. Directing, and they wanted to use a song at the time. I on loved that, that film. Actually, I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, I remember you said you had, which yeah. is so funny because you're yeah you're on you're on the. Are you uh, the only person that loves that film in the whole of? I tell America? you, I I don't know why everyone was so hard on that film. Yeah. I thought it was really Maybe entertaining. I I think you should, especially since you're in it, your music's in it. I think you should see it. But yeah. but that's funny. I, I can understand. It's sort of like I, I absolutely yeah. deplore watching my sets. Like I, I can't. Yeah, it's I, hard. I, I don't like to listen to my voice. I don't like yeah. to, you know, um, so that's. I heard that about Johnny Depp too. He doesn't, Bruce told yeah. me that he doesn't go and see I, his films. I don't yeah. know how true that is, but I that's don't, funny. yeah, it's hard. I don't, I, I like to listen to my songs in a studio. I don't mm-hmm. tend to, I don't tend to want to listen to them in front of other people. So I get a bit. I get a bit shy about that, I guess. But um, but yeah, I haven't seen the film, and and but that must have been so exciting, though, to be cool, a part yeah. of that. And it was through the director, apparently, that really okay. liked the music. Okay, Gore, who's a really nice chap, and I think he has quite a background in music. He used to be well, a musician. What a compliment! Yes. Yeah, and and um, so I reconnected with. I had a conversation with Bruce on the phone about that song and that being mm-hmm. featured in that film, and then. We met up uh, here after I was working with Mitchell, ran into each other, and I said, 
I want to, you know, I've been working with Mitchell Froome and he was a fan of Mitchell's because Mitchell had worked with Elvis Costello and Tom Waits and all these other people. Uh, great people. Yeah, Tyler uh, Legends. Yeah, right? he's done so, he's worked with so many people, Mitchell. And um, so I just said to Bruce, yeah, I want to record a few other things. You know, I've got some new songs and I just want a different edge on them or a different feel on them than I have with Mitchell. So I ended up going in the studio with him uh and just working on a, I don't know, what did we do? Like five or six songs, you know. That was actually the time I met you. So it was, okay. it was around like the that. start of the year. Yeah, uh-huh. I just kind of went in and he was like, sure, come over. And I met him and Joe and Rob and these were people so they played together for a long time. And Bruce was great, you know. He just kind of, he fit me in around a lot of things at the time. He was doing a bunch of stuff, but he... uh He's really good. He's one of these guys. He's not like Mitchell, you know. Mitchell, yeah. you get you get the sense of him. You get the sense of a great arranger and producer straight when you meet him. With Bruce, you don't. He's kind of mm-hmm. like this quiet. He's you know he's like smoking his yeah. You know, immediately you think like does this. You, you don't get that kind of knowledge straight away. He doesn't give off that impression. But then when you start to work with him, he's like, wow, this guy's got a great pair of ears. Yeah. He really knows what he's hearing. You know, he's like really, um, really cool on those tracks I did with him. I really like working on that session. And then I thought I was all done. And then I end up getting involved with, um, Linda Perry, heard the stuff, you know, and, um, she invited me down to her studio and I, I'm signing with her, signed with her record label and okay. production company and all and of that that's, stuff. Now, when did this <laughs> transpire? Cause this is kind of a new thing from, it's, uh, it's recent. It was yeah. only the past couple of months. Thanks very that's much. That's very, yeah. very exciting. It's really exciting. Cause I was waiting around for, well, I wasn't waiting around. I don't like to wait around for anything. No, I, I was getting no. stuff done. Right. And in the meantime, we were talking of record labels. Me and my manager were talking to record labels and everything that seemed to, I was getting a lot of love from all of these major labels, you know, and everyone you seem to get love from, you kind of, you know, it just, it, I don't know. For some reason, it's a weird time, I think. I don't pay much attention to it, but my manager certainly told me all about <laughs> it at the time. He was telling me, like, you know, even if people are, uh, you know, even if you've, you're about to put your name on the dotted line, you never know whether they're just going to, Pull a contract away from you, but I, I don't yeah, I don't concentrate that much on that stuff, and I just create and get in the studio do and work. Do your thing, and, and yeah, yeah and uh, and just stay true and focused. And yeah. I just think that you're the kind of personality, and it, that th- things are just going to happen. You know, you just things are going to happen around you because you have that. You know, in hindsight, that, that positive vibe. I, yeah, and, I think that's it. And it, that independence, and I think you're you right. Know, in hindsight, you know, I kind of think like, wow. And the times I could have just been, you could, uh, here's the thing I think art, artists should take note of, not from me, but it's a really important thing, is that it's so easy to just get bogged down and frustrated. It's yeah. an easy thing to do, oh, goodness. to yield towards negativity. Oh, goodness. Yes, know? I mean, I, I had to be really careful to, um, I, I'm, I have to be really astute with yeah. negative people and I've, 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 I try to be a nice person, but sometimes you just have to, you just yeah. have to keep a disengage with negativity. We live in a world know, of comparisons and, and the media yeah. teaches you to compare yourself and mm-hmm. everything shouts out this, you've got to be something, right? you've got to be famous, you've got to be all of these things. And I think and it's kind of like, you're a nobody, yeah. you know, it's really not. It's crazy. You're already it's, a somebody from the moment yeah, you're born, yeah, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. And you have it's to remind yourself and, of that all yes. the time. 
Thanks for reminding me, man. I've reminded you today. I've achieved something with my day. <laughs> You're a goddamn something. Hey, Charlie, I could have been a contender, you know? <laughs> uh, so, uh, just another uh, level of the uh, interesting dimension that you have. You're, you have this book out. You're, yeah. tell, tell me about the book. I just, and in the meantime, while I was, could have got frustrated, you know, I, I can, I can get, I can feel the frustration too. But luckily when I am feeling it, I just remind myself to write and do stuff. And like, Love you it. know, if you're not That's writing you music or you're not able to go in the studio, then work on something else, write poems or write a play mm-hmm. or write a book. Or even if, you know, even if you, even if you, you're not, you haven't written a novel, try it because it's another form of writing and just get involved into something and uh, and I'm always throwing myself into these things. So that, for me, saves me a great deal of frustration. And I think that's what I was doing. And I had this whole, you know, this the, the publisher that I had worked with in London with the music, this guy that worked there has got this little sidearm book thing. And he was like, do you want to do a... He, at first, he was like, do you want to do a book of scores? And I said, I love scores. They're great. I love picking up old sheet music and stuff. I said, but I... I think I'd prefer to do right now an illustrated book of lyrics, you know. It seems like the thing to do. I think it would be, you know, just a better thing all around. So but we this did is that. what I'm talking about. Like, you yeah. just fall into this situation because yeah. you're Pete. I think if you... I was just talking to this chap, <laughs> and, you know. I think it's true, yeah. And, and now this cool thing. I do fall into these situations. You but do, you do. <laughs> and, and this book is going to be forever. Yes, yeah, You know, this is, this is going to be a part of your legacy. See, that's the thing about, I think, what I like, like you look over there in your apartment, the, the viewers can't see see but well mm. you'll take a photo and you can send it put it up on your site <laughs> whatever. but you've got a bunch of beautiful books up there on the top i'm sure there's classical literature Those or some are, that's classics something yeah. and uh, you've got all of these books underneath and i'll take Thoreau a look at them when we're and, done and yeah I and it's like um for me emerson yeah for me it's Shakespeare. that's all so i mean like we mentioned the playing the gig thing and the live thing which is so important for many, and and it is important. It is important to get up and I love being in front of an audience. So I don't want to put it down, but for me, it's not as important as like publishing a book or recording a record because those things are going to be around when you're not around. You know, they're going to be That's around. That's what's going to be around. You know. That's what you're leaving. Yeah. Um. For, People, yeah, behind. Yeah. That's. That's how you never die. It's true. People will remember yeah. the odd meeting and the odd gig, and you might remember the odd this and that and the other, but not the same way. For me, it's, you know, I mean, when the Rolling Stones and Springsteen and all these people, these great performers, which I might never be as good as live, and, I, you know, I'm, I don't care because they've mastered their live thing so well. For me, I just want to really... I, I I love to play live, but for me, I just want to make great records, and I want to I want to publish books more, especially the power of holding your first book in oh, your I hand. Oh, I can't even imagine. Is an, is I a can't great imagine thing, how you know? riveting that felt. What is the book called? The book I published uh, last year is called Cafe dell'Artista. Oh, okay, yes. And it's a collect, uh, illustrated collection of lyrics and poems. And then I've written this novel, uh, which is a you know I'd lo- I want to publish too at some point. And I've written, some, I've written some plays. I, I love mm-hmm, theatre, but mm-hmm. I haven't 
I haven't. I've done a couple of small productions, but I'd I'd love to get with you know I'd love to work with a theater theater company and do something. I can absolutely see you. I just doing um, that in once the I get a foot in the door there, then I will definitely do some some uh, some stuff. I just kind of right now, I guess I've you know I've been focused on signed to this record label, so I've been focused on uh, rec- uh, finishing this new record and the recordings and mixes and everything going along with it. But um, that's really very exciting. Yeah, I, exciting. I can't wait for that. It really is. Yeah. Would you mind uh, playing a, a final song for sure. us? Something that you could do that. Love astray from your heart. Keep us so near while apart I'm not alone in the night When I can have all the love you write I'm in more right Every line I kiss the name That you sign And darling then I read again Right from the start Love letters straight From your heart Love letters straight from your heart Keep us on near, I'll part I'm not alone in the night When I can have All the love you write I memorize every line I kiss the name that you sign And darling then I read again Right from the start Love letters straight from your heart Love letters straight from your heart Wow, so nice so, I'm so, not sure I did so it anywhere justice like. <laughs> I loved it so much Again, your voice. You were playing classical piano. Oh no, that's just regurgitating music. (laughs) You know, there's, I mean, you know, that's just, there's no originality there. You know, and I'm just absolutely floored that you haven't had lessons, and that that's just natural vocal ability. Trying to learn. That's kind of like you can tell. I mean, I, I don't. I just quickly put that together on the guitar. But if you if you listen to 
you know, the jazz versions. There's all those beautiful jazz chords in there that I can't quite mm-hmm. work out on the guitar, but it's great. No, you worked it out yep. beautifully. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And thank you so much for being on. It really, really meant the world to have you here. Thanks. Thank you for sharing your journey and your passions and your music. Thanks for listening to this week's Drinking During Business Hours. I'm Sarah J. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sarah J. Halstead. And if you like this episode, please give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. And make sure you tell all your friends, family too. Thanks. Thanks.